0: She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build
1: healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless
0: Fridays with Marianne.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays. Today, I have an amazing guest with me, Stephanie Ray. So we're just going to jump right in. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What's your story? All right, Marianne.
0: Well, thanks for having me. So who I am, I'm the accountability evangelist. It is the name of my business, but it's really the name of my identity. So this is who I am all the time. Um, As I've recently told someone, I can't shut it off. So if you're looking for something else, (laughs) just be aware that this is what you get when you're dealing with me. So um, yeah, so I uh, started that um, several years ago, that persona, the accountability evangelist, uh, when working for a nonprofit that just appeared not to have a lot of accountability in the culture and helped people to embrace it in a fun way by adopting the persona of the accountability evangelist, complete with cape, superhero cape, of course. And it worked because uh, what I found is that accountability can have a negative connotation and people are kind of scared of it, or it makes them feel bad about themselves. And I don't see it that way at all. So I'm kind of on a mission to uh, retool it in a positive light and show people how it can make a huge positive difference in your life and the lives of the people you choose to serve so that's what i that's what i do i mean i'm doing many other things in terms of my roles in my life but that's really yeah. the person that i am
1: perfect so when you and i connected it was for a masterclass. <clears throat> excuse me about time management so right. what led you to you know pursue you know that you know masterclass?
0: Yeah. So in in accountability land, I find that time management is fundamental. So if you have that down, you're able to perform better everywhere. And if you don't, you're going to be a hot mess. So you're kind of working against yourself if you don't have good time management skills and practices. So I decided to hold a summit dedicated to time management for that reason and, you know, gather a lot of... Speakers like yourself who had different perspectives on time management, because the other thing I find is it's definitely not one size fits all. So mm-hmm. what one works for one person just doesn't work for other people. There are morning people, there are evening people, there are list people, there are phone people. And there's many, many different ways to do it. But the most important thing is to have some sort of system. Because what doesn't work is chaos. Yeah. And so time management principles are fun, in my opinion, because you can you can Customize them to where you're at in your life, the type of person you are, like I said, what your preferences are, but all those these things, things enable you to be more effective in your life.
1: So how do you tell the difference between what's important, what's urgent, you know, what needs your time? You know, sometimes we have so many things, you know, going on and juggling. So what would you say the differentiating factor is between something that's important and something that's urgent?
0: Well, usually, and I'm going to borrow from Stephen Covey's time matrix, since you mentioned urgency and importance, which is a key part of the matrix. If it's not urgent, it's probably important. And I guess what I'm saying is it, something that you tend to put off because you don't have time to do it is often something really important, like planning, like reflection, like some type of personal uh, personal uh, relationships that you're building, uh, that type of thing. So that's one way to look at it. Um, another way is to determine um, what, what it is. Cause the other, and the matrix, it's actually urgency and importance are on the matrix. So it's either not urgent and important, or, you know, those four different combinations. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are things that are urgent and important. Like they have to be done right now. I mean, like life or death. Or somebody's waiting on you, or this is the only opportunity you're ever going to have to tackle this thing. You've got to do it now. But the more time you spend in the the not urgent yet important stuff, the less time you're going to have to spend on the urgent stuff. And so you actually are creating a future for yourself that's much more comfortable and effective because by being proactive and spending more time on the important things, like I said, the proactive things like planning, reflection, et cetera, and then that cuts back on the urgent things you know just just to make sure it's really clear one example would be your health if you are ignoring signs that you need to do something with your health and you're you're eating poorly you're not exercising etc you could be heading toward a health crisis which is by definition urgent and important but if you take care of the not urgent and important the daily exercise the planning your meals etc it's much less likely that you're going to require that urgent and important time of a health crisis,
1: which of course we all want to avoid. Right. So when you and I, excuse me, last spoke, you were going to be transitioning back into the workplace. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Where are you right now? What's happening?
0: Yeah. So it's an interesting, interesting thing for transition, right? So I thought uh, I mentioned the nonprofit briefly, um, when I left the nonprofit, it's actually because I created a succession planning process there that I used and it worked so well that my successors were ready uh, before it was kind of time for me to go. And so I said to my boss, the president, look, I, I don't think you need, it, need me anymore. The, the accountability, the cultural transition is complete. You're doing really well and my successors are ready. So I actually eliminated my own job. And left there and went to, um, well, actually, I didn't know where I was going right away. But I ended up in the entrepreneurial space working for a software startup that served nonprofits. And then I decided to take a chance on myself and go full-time on my own business, which is, as I said, accountability evangelist. Prior to that, it had been a small side business of coaching and consulting. But interestingly, I've kind of come full circle because I realized that my true passion is actually back in nonprofit leadership. And so I've decided to embark on a job search to find the right role for me. And in the meantime, I'm doing some interim work and you know I'm working on creating courses that would replace the coaching and consulting that I offer an accountability evangelist. So I did publish a course on Udemy about succession planning. And in January there will be a course that is replicating my goal mastery program, my group coaching program that I offer is going to be a course instead on Udemy. So my go forward approach for my business will be online courses, while I search for and actually secure the right role for me. So I've had a couple interviews. And you know, and interestingly, I've, I've been able this time around, I mean, this job search, I've had a number of job searches in my career. But this time around, I've been way more patient with God's plan for me. So if I don't get it, I decide, and I believe I'm right about this, that it's just not where I'm meant to go. So I don't spend a lot of time being upset about it. I'm just like, oh, okay, God wants me to do something else. So I keep myself busy with uh, you know, things that make sense for me in the meantime, that will make a little bit of money, give me some cushion, take some pressure off so that I can be patient and looking for the right
1: opportunity for me. So that's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. I love it. So what would you say to the individual that... May have had a you know traditional nine to five job, jumped into entrepreneurial work, and is thinking about going back, but maybe struggling with the feelings of feeling like a failure. You know, what are other people going to think and things mm-hmm. like that? What would you say to that person? And yeah. have you dealt with that?
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, great two part question because I am dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, one thing I would say is um, it's a totally valid choice to go back. And that's something I hadn't considered. I always thought that when you took the leap into entrepreneurship, like that was just a one-way ticket. You would just continue as an entrepreneur, maybe different endeavors, maybe different companies you would own or be part of, but you would never go backwards into corporate, so to speak. Um, It's not backwards, but that's, I think, the way a lot of entrepreneurs see it. So I had to wrestle with that myself and realize that is a valid choice. And then honor the fact that I have learned a ton in the last couple of years, you know, how to how to build and own your own company, how to market that company, social media, all of that stuff is great for transferable skills to give back to the career that you're now going forward to. And so I'm going to use all of that for sure in whatever job I land next. And I'm not giving up my business totally. I'm just going to make it a small side business so that my primary Focus can be, you know, full on focus into this job that I'm going for, whatever that is, and allow that kind of that passive income to stay in place and keep the doors open to my business because I may decide at some point, you know what, I want to go back to this and then I don't have to restart again. So I would say to that person, you know, don't don't um, judge yourself poorly for this. There's no right or wrong way to navigate through entrepreneurship, including leaving it behind or maybe putting it to the side for a little while. Yeah.
1: Do you, I'm not sure if you have ever heard, you know, anyone referencing, you know, well, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. And then you have the other side and it's like, oh, everybody needs to be their own boss and be an entrepreneur. Do you think that entrepreneurship is for everyone?
0: Uh, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, definitely not. Um, you know, I, the analogy that comes to mind right away is uh, online learning versus in-person learning now Mm -hmm. this analogy comes to my mind actually prior to the pandemic because i did my graduate school online and i got to see firsthand there was the program i was in also had an in-person version and it was kind of this interesting experiment to watch how those people were handling it versus the online people and it took a special type of person to do the online course because you have to be pretty organized and self-motivated and disciplined about how to fit that in, because when there aren't a lot of parameters and you can kind of do the work whenever you want, you've got to be structured. And that's very similar to entrepreneurship, because technically we can work whenever we feel like it. But the other problem with that is we work all the time. And I actually looked backwards recently. This is my first full year of entrepreneurship. And I realized that the number of vacation days I took we far lower than I thought I would take as a person working for myself.
1: Mm.
0: Right. So it's just, it's just an interesting thing. So I don't think it's for everyone. However, I do think everyone should explore it one way or the other. There are ways to explore it without being one. You could go to a meetup. You could ex- spend some time for with entrepreneurs. You can read a book about it. I think it's very valuable to understand it because the lessons that you learn from it can apply everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So, in going back to the corporate world, how are you explaining, you know, your situation to those people? Because they might say, you know, you left, you know, why are you coming back and things like that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I got, got another great one. I love talking about this. So I have had to explain it multiple times because in the interviews I've been in, these are for executive level positions at nonprofits. And, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room. So I, if they don't ask me about it, I tell them because I know they're yeah. they're thinking something mm-hmm. about this business. And their biggest concern is, are you really going to give up your business to come back to this? Because, again, they, they're of the mindset, you know, kind of this cultural thing that you only go one way, you never come back. Right. And so what I explained to them is that I discovered that my true passion is actually in nonprofit executive leadership where I was, as opposed to in my business, because... What hit me as I was trying to grow my business is if I were to get the sales I was aspiring to, it would only generate more work for me to do the coaching and consulting side. And then I thought, am I really going to enjoy doing that all the time? And I, you know, because the first year, a lot of the first years spent building it, you're not actually delivering as many services sometimes. So I was envisioning my future as a full-time coach and consultant. I was like, Ooh, like I like that stuff, but I don't like it nearly as much as being involved in growing an organization, specifically a mission-based organization. So I was able to communicate my passion for that and kind of put their fears aside. So for the positions that I did not get, that was not the reason I didn't get them. They, they, they were, I could tell they kind of like relaxed and like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it now. But right. I will say this: you've got to explain it. Even if people don't ask you, they're thinking it. So if they if you're in an interview situation like I was and no one says anything about your business, you've got to talk about it because otherwise, there's people who are kind of afraid or maybe not sure they get's awkward to bring it up, and it could come back to bite you because it could be the reason why they're hesitant about hiring you. You just get it out on the table. The other thing that right. does is it shows your transparency and your integrity, which of course are both important things for any leader.
1: So you have been on both, you know side of the spectrum, being in you know business, going to entrepreneurial, and then the other way. So what are some tips that you would give someone that is thinking about going towards being an entrepreneur and then someone that is also thinking about going into the corporate world? So two sides.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think I've got a, a general tip that I teach in my group coaching program, focus and momentum goal mastery that I think applies to both. And it is to not pursue your path, your desired path, or what you think is your desired path until you have a burning, inescapable desire to do that thing. So what I mean by that is take the time to reflect and really make sure like this is something that you are willing to to say no to other things for, to do whatever it takes, right? For me, when I d- realized that was not the case, that was my indicator, you're going down the wrong path. And so that can apply either going to entrepreneurship or leaving it. So I would say that it's actually one tip for both. But I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, So and the other thing is to if you're going to entrepreneurship, I'll say this. uh, Don't get hung up on the things you think need to be done first that don't need to be done first. And the only way to know that is to talk to other entrepreneurs. Classic example is like the first thing I did when I opened my business. Now this was years ago because I've had my business open for quite a while, but it was a part time thing to begin with. Is I got business cards, and it was, Mm. and that seems like a really practical thing to do. But um, you need to have business to (laughs) to have business cards, so (laughs) it's not the most important thing. The website's not the most important thing. In some, maybe in some industries, it is. But my only point is, do a little homework because if you get carried away with all those things that, by the way, cost money, and you're not making money yet, like you're kind of you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. So do a little bit of homework before you rush into that stuff that just isn't important yet.
1: So 2022 was upon us. What are you looking forward to?
0: Oh my goodness. I'm looking forward to finding out where I'm going to land. You know, as I said, I've just, I've just kind of surrendered. It's just a very interesting place to be because I like to know ahead of time what's going to happen. I'm kind of a, a driver in that way, like a planner, like i like to know, but I really have challenged myself to just, ride the wave. So I don't know where I'm going to be. And I think it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to, you know, really listening or watching for God's indicators on where I should go. Um, And, you know, continuing to go down the path, I think he wants me to go down. And maybe it's not the one, you know, I go through another interview process. And that's not the one I always learn something from that. So it's not like it was a waste of time. So I'm really excited, because I'm pretty certain in 2022, I'm going to find that next thing that I'll be doing. Uh, And that's exciting. But in the meantime, I'm super busy with these courses. I've got plenty to do and to to make happen. But that's the thing I'm most excited about.
1: That's awesome. So being specific, what will be three tips for someone that is contemplating a career change or they might be in transition?
0: Okay. so. One, um, again, this is, could apply to anything, but it definitely applies to transition, is to go where you're needed. And what I mean by that is if you're really interested and excited about helping or serving people in a certain way and you're not getting anywhere with that, go somewhere else. Because other people need you right now. And the people that weren't ready for you might come around at some point. Maybe they won't. But you're not going to get anywhere by continuing to push. It's like that person in your life that you really wish they would make a change for themselves. And you're so you love them so much and you really want to see them do it. But they're just not ready. Go find another friend that that needs you. Those people exist. Don't waste your energy on it. They they will come around or they won't. Okay, so there's that. Um, I would also say don't wait until you're ready. So you're never going to be ready ever. Fully ready. This is coming from a, a recovering perfectionist slash completionist. I'm telling you that you're never going to be ready. What I learned from one of my very good coaches is done is better than perfect. And especially if you're going for, into entrepreneurship, you, you can't. it's meant to be messy and you've got to move forward. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So you, you've got to do that. Um, and the last one I'm going to throw out is is kind of a funny practical thing. Learn how to type. So if you don't know how to type, um, type fast, I mean, when in home row, I would highly recommend it because it is the source of my like ridiculously high pro- productivity because I can get so much done and that maybe it's not just typing, but some other thing that will make you more efficient. That was my number one, number one recommendation. In fact, I've, recommend you teach that to your children. Give them that life skill. If you have children or someone in your life, give it to them early. My daughter, my older daughter's a senior in college or it's in high school. She's heading to college next year and she can bust out essays in no time at all because she can type. So it's, I just, it seems like a funny thing, but it just makes such a big difference to have that, that tool in your toolbox that if you, and it's never too late to learn. So I would Um, highly recommend picking that up if you haven't yet.
1: Awesome. So anything else that you would like to cover that we have not had the opportunity to discuss any other tips uh, or anything?
0: Well, I think just to reiterate the surrender, I may not have used that word, um, that to what's going to happen, you know, in, in, like enjoy the ride. If you're like me and you like to know what's coming, you like to plan, you like to know things ahead of time. Well, that's just not practical. <laughs> But it's you're going to make it harder on yourself if you're resisting it. And I think the resistance is the indicator of your need to surrender. So if you find yourself getting cranky, for example, I was very cranky very recently about having to take an interim position in work that I used to do in my career a long time ago that I really don't want to do anymore. I was really cranky about it, like, you know, like a toddler throwing a tantrum cranky about it. (laughs) And, uh, Um, But then, you know, when you learned like, why is that such a problem for me? And, you know, I I reflected on that and then said, you know what, I'm going to go in that job and I'm going to do really well there. It's something I could do in my sleep. These people need my help. No, it's not the career path I'm on, but it also pays the bills for me so I can slow down and be patient to find that job that I really want. So, for you, for any of you, your, your resistance is different than mine, but you, it's resistance. And I believe a lot of times that's an indicator that it's time to surrender. Take the pressure off of the path you think you should be on, the way you think it should be happening. Stop the shoulds. Just you know, embrace what's happening. Get the best out of it. Be your best self with whatever you're doing. And that great thing is coming for you.
1: I love it. So, as we get ready to wrap up and close, what will be a fearless tip for 2022?
0: Fearless. Wow. So, I like, I love that word is thinking about fearless, right? Is to proceed without fear. You know, just especially if you're talking about transition, like mm-hmm. if you have a burning, inescapable desire, and only until you do, once you have that to do something, go for it. Go for it. Just go for it. Whatever it means, just. Do something and then do the something after that. Don't worry about, is this going to work? Is this the right thing? It it doesn't matter because you can always change your mind. So in that way, it's actually technically not super fearless at all because right. you can only, it's, there's nothing, there's no downside to it. The only thing you lose is a little time, supposedly, and you've learned in that time, which means it's not a failure.
1: Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you. This is fun, Marianne. Awesome.
1: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to us and learning a little bit about Stephanie and transitioning. So in her her words, done is better than perfect. So just start. We'll see you on our next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority and you matter. See you next time.